Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on from the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day, college football, we know who's number one, understand, on the phones, you know we get it done, so call in 718-664-9098 and we'll give you more. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray, tall Ray side. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and it is our first official football Friday of the new football and NFL season. Give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, tweet at us at Ray and Tay today. Shoot us your emails. You want to give us some of your picks, thoughts on last night's game. Ray and Tate today at gmail.com, rayandtaytoday.com, Twitter, Instagram, iTunes, Facebook. We're social. We are very, very social. Busy show. We got tennis. We got NBA Hall of Fame, NFL, hardly anything good in college, but we can mention a game or two, Ray. But it's all about last night and 21-20, the Broncos in the Super Bowl rematch win. Gano, first kick, good, Ray, and the timeout, second kick. What, wide right. Give me initial thoughts of Trevor Simeon, the the shots and the hits, the cam. Some people feel that they were legit except for one. Some people think there were a lot of them and he's not getting the calls and he's the shack of the NFL. What do you think about the game and, and, and those different issues? So I thought it was a game that the Broncos probably needed more than the Carolina Panthers. Uh, the Broncos were starting a new quarterback, and this kid looks good. You know, it's not altogether clear that Paxton Lynch in three or four games is going to take over. He's got his work cut out for him. This kid, Simeon, is pretty poised and a seventh rounder, no less. So good for him. Uh, I thought the Broncos played extremely well, given that their quarterback situation is, you know, is probably still below average, way below average. Uh, they had a couple of turnovers, which if it weren't for the turnovers, they wouldn't have been behind so much. And you know what? That Bronco D keeps them in games. So you saw two teams that have a very similar formula, and it came down to a field goal, right? This game was essentially a coin flip. If you're Carolina, though, you're disappointed. You were up 21-7. You or 27, I guess, you could have and should have put the game away. And they couldn't. They just couldn't. They couldn't move the ball in the second half. You look back and you're very happy with Kelvin Benjamin's performance. And you're thinking to yourself, all right, we, we, we got our stud back. Um, Greg oh, Jonathan Wilson, Stewart looked good too, Ray. And I think right, Cam looked pretty Stewart good. Jonathan Stewart looked good last year. Jonathan yeah. Stewart looked good last year, right? So, so no, they, no, but I'm just were... saying in terms of, you know what I think got to them? Number one, the physicality of the game, those hits in the second half and just, you know, uh, cumulative hits. But also, Cam looked pretty good, especially first half um, in that one drive that was just like perfection. But I think the Broncos being at home, being physical. And listen, we got to be honest, right? Ray and Tay – I have them in second place. You have them in third place. We both said that out of the playoffs, you know, we might have to do the rewrite Fridays, right? Because um, that defense looks better than I thought they would without Trevathan and Malik Jackson. But let's wait and see because week one, I think there's a big advantage at home in the ring ceremony. And I do think the mile high air, it wears on teams come second half. They got a big home field advantage, right? They really do. You know what? You do. Denver is always going to have that home field advantage. It's a tough place to play, like Kansas City. Tough place to play, but Denver has that elevation and that altitude. So, look, I think both teams, as disappointed as the Carolina Panthers will be, they'll still win their division and they'll be fine. But I think the team that comes away with this just ecstatic is the Denver Broncos. But I don't know if Simeon, look, 178 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. I don't know if he's necessarily proven that he he's proven that he's poised. 
that he can bounce back, but I don't know if you're being honest, I don't know if he can throw down the field outside the numbers and teams will look at this and they'll start the game plan and say, Hey, we'll just take away the middle of the field and they'll have to really, you know, earn it to, you know, to do something. So it'll, it'll, it'll see, it'll be fascinating to see how it plays out the next couple of weeks in terms of where he's at. But I don't know if he's got the mechanics, Ray, in terms of the arm where Paxton Lynch has got a cannon, you know? You're right, but remember how they won a Super Bowl. I mean, they won a Super Bowl basically on defense, running the ball, and, and making a couple of first downs. So he is the lower ceiling of the two rookies, but he probably doesn't turn it over as much as Paxton Lynch does. So we'll see. He Tell me your thoughts right about Cam, man. Those were some serious shots. The concussion protocol was done after the game. They said they've tested him four times now, I guess, yesterday. I mean, last night and today. Uh, he looked pretty, you know, I think he was even kind of out of it in the press conference. Should they have taken him out? Should there have been more flags? And is he the Shaq of the NFL? He might very well be the Shaq of the NFL because he bounces back most of the time from these hits, the umps on the field are saying to themselves, you know what, he can take it. So we kind of look the other way, especially the last five minutes of a game, right? Are you telling me that the NFL is going to send a doctor out there or, or even Gene Starator to stop this game and pull Cam Newton out? He'd have to be very groggy and obviously, you know, in pain and out of it. So, to some degree, Cam being big and strong hurts him here. And I think the NFL protocol, the NFL concussion protocol is only so good. And I think that at the end of games, with games on the line, it it pains me to say it, but I think the NFL is just going to look the other way. And and they're just going to let these players play. And unless it's blatant, they're just going to leave them in there. Yeah, no, I I see what you're saying. But, I mean, I think we all know if that was Rodgers or Brady, guys might have been flagged more and maybe somebody thrown out of the game. Yeah, earlier in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about about the the very last drive. They wouldn't have pulled Rodgers, Brady, Cam. Nobody's coming out. No superstar quarterbacks coming out. But you're right. He takes an inordinate amount of hits. Um you know, some of them are legit, but some of them aren't. So I, I think he's going to increase the awareness. And, and towards the middle of the season, people are going to stop. And, look, that's been the Broncos' motto, you know, in the Super Bowl and, and in this game was, look, we want to punch the bully in the mouth. And we want to show that we're just as tough, if not tougher, than you are. And they did it. Oh, they did a big work. Was all over the place. And, and how about and your ex-Cowboy, Demarcus Ware, coming back after hardly playing at all in the preseason and, and training camp. He looked pretty good, and Von Miller got to him. And um, and also, we got to mention from Nevada, former teammate of Kaepernick, Brandon Marshall, he went down on one knee for the anthem, so I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, I wonder on Sunday, 9-11, if we will see anybody down on one knee, obviously the Niners play on nine twelve, Monday night football. Do you expect that nobody would do it on nine eleven, or do you think it just, you might see a player or two here and there go down on one knee, uh, I guess to support Kaepernick or just the cause itself. What do you think happens? That's interesting. I never thought the nine eleven angle, but, as you correctly oh, yeah. point out, 9-11 falls on Sunday, week yeah, one. Yeah, 15 years. So let's put it this way. If you were on the fence, you're not going to do it on 9-11. So you have to have a lot of conviction, and you have to have spoken to your team and gotten in front of this if you're going to do it, only because, like you said, the backlash from 9-11 might be significant. So I'm not sure that people are going to do it uh, you might see one or two people do it. So, so I think it'll be a muted response maybe this week. Well, listen, let's get to it because we got a busy show. Let's get to these NFL 
week one picks, Ray. And I think we might have a, a new uh, sponsor for the show. You want to talk about who these picks and just our show is sponsored by today? Yeah, absolutely. So we got a new sponsor on the Ray and Tate team, mybookie.lv. So check this out. We need to tell you about it. When you want to put some money on the football game and score big, you gotta you gotta wait weeks to collect your cash. Typically, nothing could be more frustrating than that. And guess what? Thousands of online players are making the switch to my bookie. My let me tell you a little bit about it. Mybookie.lv is the only sports book around that isn't wasting your time. If you're playing elsewhere, you got to think about the switch. They're, they do live in-game betting with odds updated in real time. And as we That's just awesome. told you, there's no yeah. hassle payouts. That's big time right there. And guess what, folks? If you join now, your first deposit is matched dollar for dollar up to 1000 bucks, And you get an extra 10% bonus when you sign up and deposit in the next 30 minutes. Use the promo code KICKER, that's K-I-C-K-E-R, to activate the offer of a 100% bonus of up to $1,000. And if you do it in the next 30 minutes, you get that extra 10% we talked about. Oh, yeah. Wait, wait. Let me tell them the number, Ray. Listen, visit my bookie today, okay? Or you can call 844-900-BETS. Okay, this is 844-900-2387. So, listen, open your account and start, you know, start winning. I mean, get, get involved and do it because whether you're an expert or a rookie, you got to check out mybookie.lv. Sign up today let them know use that kicker promo code because that means you're down with ray and tay today and switching your bets during a game ray that's big so my yeah. no hassle payout that's big too get your money quickly all right i'm I, listen i'll sign up that's not bad let's get to the picks you know and 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 that's the one thing that i will say this week we got some good NFL games. We're not going to get through, you know, all of them, be here all day, all night. But, we, you know, we always do the Sunday night games. Monday we'll get to the Monday show. But we got to give you the big six, right? And there are some big ones. Let's start off with our or your Dallas Cowboys battling against the New York football Giants. I'll let you go first. What is it? Uh, still two and a half point spread. I know they've been switching the spreads. Yeah. So let's check up to the minute. Yeah. Most, most have them even at three now. I'm seeing, yeah, I'm seeing some spreads changing. The, the spreads are all over the board here. This is interesting. Well, this maybe we can stick with the ESPN spreads from, um, from the beginning of the week. They're not too far off, and they, you know, and they switch. Either way, it's Giants-Cowboys week one. That's exciting. I'll take a stab at it first, Ray. Um, look, it's Dak Prescott going against Eli Manning, and this is a different Giants team, and they spent a lot of money in the offseason, Olivier Vernon, Jenkins, uh, Snacks Harrison from the Jets on the defensive line, and two and a half, three points in Jerry's world. Oh, no, I'm sorry, three and a half in Jerry's world sounds really good if you're, you know, kind of a, a betting guy. At the end of the day, I think this is like a coin toss, a coin toss for me, but for some reason – I think the Giants get revenge, and I think they wind up taking this game, Ray. Look for Shepard to, to be a little fantasy stand, uh, standout and stud in his first game. 
touchdowns, six receptions, 88 yards, and uh, no picks for Eli. Dak looks good. Ezekiel looks good. But the Cowboys defense doesn't. 27-21, Giants get the W. Wow. Remember last year, week one, the Giants played the Cowboys. Giants had every right winning the game, and yet they <laughs> didn't. And so, a lot. By the way, a lot of the a lot of Vegas has this game off the board yet. Uh, they haven't really mm-hmm. posted odds, so that, that this game's a little weird. Even when we go to our, uh, you know, our sponsor advertiser, they've got this game as you know that line is not even being posted yet. Um, so I guess they're waiting last minute. You know, check back on Saturday's last minute. Oh, we do have to get some updates. The players not playing, but we'll do that after this game because in this game everybody's kind of going. But there's some players that are not even traveling. We'll do that after this game. But go ahead, get get your pick, brother. So I gotta think that in Jerry's world, the Cowboys are gonna be very pumped up. They're gonna be very competitive. Dak Prescott played his butt off. He had enough time to prepare. He's ready. He's a NFL as NFL ready as you can be for a rookie. <laughs> Yet and still, the Giants are a better team without Tony Romo. I just feel like the Giants last year, especially, are carrying that, oh, that anger, that angst about how they lost in Week One. And like you, I think the Giants win the game. I think it's a relatively low-scoring game. I, I don't know that Dak Prescott can put up too many points on this on this Giants team. So I'm looking for a score where the Giants pull away in the second half. I'm looking for a 24-17 Giants victory over my Dallas Cowboys. Oof. Okay, I'm not mad at that one. Next game, we got the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers is back. Against the Jaguars, four and a half. Let's oh, let's give these injuries. So right in this game, this is important. Chris Ivory is questionable. It's looking like he might not even play. T.J. Hel- uh, Yeldon, <laughs> not Heldon. T.J. Yeldon, the Bama boy, looks like he might get the start and the majority of the carries for fantasy folks. Um, Rob Gronkowski, I don't know if the rumors are true, but yes, he's got the hamstring. Did not get on the plane to fly to Arizona. He might now look it's Sunday night, so you got to watch that. But he might not play, so it might be Bennett and no Gronk for all you guys who drafted him in the late first round. That might kind of hurt for week one, and Jimmy G, it might hurt too. So we'll talk about that when we pick that game. Ray J. Ajayi is not, he's a healthy scratch for the Dolphins in Seattle, right? With the rumors of Marson Lynch wanting to come back, so that's fascinating. And it looks like Arian Foster will probably get, you know, most of the, the carries there for the Dolphins. Um, your boy Theo Reddick got a new contract extension, you know, almost $13 million, Good for him. And, um, and away we go. Packers at Jacksonville. Look, you're traveling, the heat, the humidity. Packers are favored by four and a half. Um, everything says to me it's the Green Bay Packers. And they're going to show and prove. But you know what? Jordy's not maybe 100% yet. I think it's going to be hot, hot, hot and humid in Jacksonville. And I think we're going to have an upset week one. And the Jacksonville Jaguars will take care of Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers 27-26 in a great battle in the swamp of Jacksonville. The Gators will come out. And trip up my boy Andy Lacey, who will have a big game. Fantasy stud, you heard it, Allen Hearns. Not Robinson, they'll both get busy. But Hearns, two touchdowns, seven catches, 96 yards. All right. Now, you heard Tay, but you could just <laughs> erase what you heard. Just go up to the chalkboard, take your eraser, and just erase it. Because there is no way that Jack, not no way, they could, they could win. But they're not beating the Green Bay Packers. Come on. Get ready. Jacksonville is no type of home field advantage. Get ready. The weather, come on, man. You, what? You crazy. Aaron Rodgers is the best 
quarterback in the league. I'm sorry. Hey, I still got them winning the you division play, one on the road. But this is Aaron Rodgers. They had all year to prepare for this game, all off season. Jordy Nelson's back. Now, granted, your first year back from an ACL, you're usually not as good as the next year. But Jordy Nelson is back, which means Cobb gets to move to his natural number two, and Adams gets to be a number three. And Eddie Lacy got his weight issues and, and his whole mindset corrected end of last year over the summer. Uh, your boy Matthews and Peppers are now off the hook for the whole steroid investigation from Al Jazeera. So everything is right in Green Bay. The weather's going to be beautiful. No no rain, no thunder, no, nothing that's going to cause me to believe that the Packers don't lay it on the Jaguars. So I'm looking at Packers. Now, the only saving grace is this is week one, and offenses usually are not in full swing in week one. Defenses advance quicker than offense in the offseason. Sounds like you're hedging your bets. <laughs> no, no. I, I, that's why they're not going to win by 20. I'm saying they're only going to win by 10. Green Bay 31, Jacksonville 21. The powerful Cincinnati Bengals of the NFC North travel to the Meadowlands, well, MetLife Stadium. We like to call it the Meadowlands for those who know. One-and-a-half-point favor, the Bengals over the Jets, J-E-T-S. This one can go back and forth, but no Tyler Eifert. They're not sure if they can count on Tyler Boyd or their other number two receiver or number three three receiver, excuse me, A.J. Green, has got a lot on his shoulders. Giovanni Bernard will do a lot. Look, the Jets, I think Wilkinson's banged up. Sheldon, uh, your boy, uh, the other guy, um, what's his name? Sheldon, whatever. He's out week one, right? Suspension. Richardson. Richardson. But I do like the fact that I think the Jets will be able to score and have confidence at home. I think Matt Forte will do well. And I think they just pull out a, a, a close one. So I'm going to actually take the Jets at home, 27-24, over the Bengals, and they get this season started right. Brandon Marshall from Fitzy, uh, two grabs, red zone grabs, eight catches, not big on the yards. He's going to get those touchdowns in the red zone. I'll say eight catches, maybe 79 yards. Brandon Marshall is my fantasy stud. Let's go Jets, 27-24. So, this game's a little disrespectful to the Jets because they're at a home dog to Cincinnati. <laughs> and exactly. And you think to yourself, wait a minute, this Jet team should be fighting for the playoffs. And the Cincinnati team, too. And the game's being played in New York. Tyler Eifert's down. He'll probably be out for two, three weeks. Uh, Muhammad Sanu is no longer there. Marvin Jones is no longer there. So Cincinnati has some reacclimating to do on offense. So having said that, I believe, like my man Tate, that the New York Jets are going to be frustrated that they're home dogs. They're going to play their butts off on defense. Offenses don't heat up as well as you would like them to in the first few weeks of the season. So and you're not excited with, about Brandon LaFell, right, Ray? That's, that's the other receiver. I was not up, excited Brandon about LaFell. Brandon LaFell in New Orleans. I mean, in um, okay. in New England, in Carolina. in Carolina. Nowhere was I excited about Brandon LaFell. So I like. The Jets, I think Fitzy's back. He's got his boys, Marshall and Decker. Uh, Jason Morrow getting cut was actually pretty strange to me. Uh, yeah. Giving giving Cumberland his papers uh, at the end of last year. But I do think the Jets have enough juice with that backfielder. There's bringing in Forte uh, and Bilal, our boy Bilal Powell. Bilal. The Jets have enough juice where they can score 28, and I think they win 28-24. Uh, 
That sounds really good to me. Um, great game here. People might be sleeping. Just announced Sean Hill will start the Minnesota Vikings at the Tennessee Titans. Vikings favored by two and a half. You know, that could probably go down with Sean Hill and not Teddy B. These, these spreads were kind of set a while ago. That's why the Cowboys was three and a half over the Giants with the thoughts of Romo. But anyway, look, the, the Titans are improved. You're going to see Sharp and Rashard Matthews and, and, you know, Delaney Walker, Murray and Henry are going to carry it once, twice, and three times a lady in Tennessee. And I think this game is going to be really tight. I would think the Vikings would win, but I just, I'm not sure because I think the Titans defense could be ready. And I'm not sure if Sean Hill is the guy that's ready to kind of take them over the hump, but I'll say that somehow AP gets done by himself. He's my fantasy stud of the game. And I say that they win 26, 23 Blair Walsh has one good at the end of the game. AP puts up a buck 13 and two touchdowns. Minnesota gets it done and a great game. Remember I told you in our preview, all those Tennessee games are the best five and 11 you'd ever see, right? So Delaney Walker will get busy. Watch Tajay Sharp, but Vikings win 26-23. You know what? The Vikings are the better team. But I don't think Sean Hill is ready. <laughs> and no this tricks. game is being played in Tennessee. So I believe that the Tennessee Titans are going to shock Tay. I don't want to say shock the world. It's not that shocking. Yeah. But I believe Vikings are going to come overconfident, and Tennessee is going to win the game. I think the Music City Titans are going to take care of business. I think Marcus Mariota begins what is going to be an up-and-down season. But I think he has a good game here. I think the running game, look, they've totally revamped their offense. And I don't know what they're doing. But your guy is going to be the key to this team is DeMarco Murray, the comeback player of the year from Tay. So I think they control the ball. Now, Minnesota's got a good defense. And Zimmer, uh, you know, is a good defensive coach. But I have a feeling they control the ball. Minnesota scores a lot of field goals, so Blair Walsh might be my player of the game here. He might kick five field goals. But I think <laughs> ultimately, Tennessee wins 24-22. Okay. Taking care of business behind DeMarco Murray, 157 DeMarco. yards. I'll give you an exact Woo. number and two touchdowns. I like that. That would make my fantasy team happy. So the Oakland Raiders, soon to be the Las Vegas Raiders, right? Going to New Orleans, get some gumbo. Saints are favored by one and a half. Listen, this is fascinating. Breeze gets his money, basically more money this year, and then next year guaranteed, right? Five-year deal is plenty of money in the NFL. Only two years are guaranteed. Um, I think the Saints have got to figure out who they are because there's a lot of new pieces. They're saying him and Kobe Fleener haven't connected in practice. You've got to figure out if Michael Thomas is their number two receiver. Is Cooks healthy? Is the O-line ready? Where's the D? I think Derek Carr starts his coming out party. People say, oh, the West Coast team traveling to, you know, southeast in New Orleans. It could be whatever. Eh, this is week one. I say that stuff affects you more when you're traveling in the season, not for week one. The Raiders, Jack Del Rio will be ready. I think the Raiders go and and put it on New Orleans a little bit. A little bit. I'm going to say 31-26. Raiders win. Derek Carr, he's my player of the game. Um, Latavius Murray and the new kid, Washington. Crabtree, the new tight end, Wilford, and Amari Cooper all get a lot of passes. And Cooper might, you know, give you seven receptions and a touchdown or two. But I'm going to say Derek Carr, fantasy stud, he throws for 315, no interceptions, two touchdowns. I like that. So I agree. I agree with just about <laughs> everything you said. 
My stud would be Amari Cooper. I think he's going to have 11 catches, a couple of touchdowns. I think this game is going to be a shootout. And frankly, Oakland has more bullets in the holster than New Orleans does. Breeze is still Breeze until proven otherwise. But like you said, who's the number two receiver? Who's the number three receiver? What are they going to do? Benjamin Watson is down for the season. What are they going to do about the fact that – He's in Baltimore yeah. now. He's Baltimore, sorry. Yeah, yeah, but he actually went down for the season in Baltimore. Uh, yeah. What are they going to do for playmakers? What are they going to do up the seams? C.J. Spillers never really panned out the way they thought he would last year. Let's see if he can do it this year. Mark Ingram, solid, but, you know, not explosive. Where is Drew Brees going to get his Marcus Colston, Jimmy Graham, you know, uh, Darren Spillers, Rolls. Where where are those guys? Those guys Where's are not the there anymore. <laughs> where is the love? Those guys are not there anymore. And therefore, if you get into a shootout, I think Oakland has more gun, more bullets in the holster. And their big three of Murray, Carr, and Amari Cooper, I think, is young and studly. And they can take their game on the road, and they can go into who that country and take care of business. I think they do. I think they score a lot. I think they roll it up. Now, Breeze can come back and make the game interesting, but I think ultimately the Raiders win 33-27. High-scoring game. Hmm. Our final game, Sunday Night Football. This should be a classic. We'll pick the Monday games on a Monday show. Um, listen, if Gronk's not playing with that hamstring and whether he, you know, he didn't, maybe didn't make the trip out here, I might have to go over there to, uh, downtown Scottsdale or Glendale, see where the hotel is and see if I can see Gronk, Ray. But, um, I'm going to tell you. Bring your binoculars. Although he's not that hard to find. No, no, I just got to find a little bar or hot tub. (laughs) Hot tub with the ladies. But, uh, look, five and a half points. It might jump up to six. Listen, the Cardinals, they're very solid. There's really no weaknesses. Special teams is good. Coach is good. Offense, defense. I think Kondichi and Matthew are ready. Um, you know, their linebackers need to, might be their only little bit of a weak spot, but it's still pretty good. And at the end of the day, David Johnson is going to have a coming out party this year. He might be in the final three or four uh, in the MVP voting this year, this young Second-year player is going to be a stud. Initially, I got to tell you, I was going to go with the Patriots to cover the spread and the Cardinals to win a close one. I figured Jimmy G and the defensive scheme, he would do that. But then, you know, yes, they traded for uh, Barcavius Mingo and Eric Rowe, but those guys still got to get acclimated. And now if Gronk's not playing, I think the Cardinals get enough done to be able to, to pull out this game and cover the spread. And I think the Patriots will then win maybe the next three to go three and one at worst two and two without Brady. And then they're just going to go crazy on the NFL. So I'll take the Cardinals. Um, got some concerns about Carson Palmer. Preseason doesn't matter, but he didn't look great. Uh, but he is a savvy veteran. I'm going to say the player of the game, though, is David Johnson. Maybe four or five receptions, 30, 40 yards. He'll have two touchdowns, maybe one on the ground, one in the air. He'll run for a touchdown, and he'll probably run for about 85, 88 yards. But he'll get you points, catching and rushing, two touchdowns on the board. And I'll say that the Cardinals win, weird score, I'll say 29-21. So they win by eight, cover the spread, and uh, maybe Arians goes for two or a couple field goals. Either way, they get to 29. 29-20, Cardinals win. See, I think the Cardinals have the same team as last year on offense, pretty much. And David Johnson is ready for his coming out party. I mean, people in fantasy certainly are coronating him as the man. Uh, I don't know that he's the man just yet, but I know that Carson Palmer, at least in the regular season, can throw it around the horn and, and get his guys involved and and Larry Fitzgerald had a great year. He'll probably be, you know, a couple notches below he, where he was last year. But they can still Andre Brown. I mean, they, they they've got 
John Brown. They, they've still got some stud receivers. they got depth on offense. And guess what? On defense, they add Kim Dietschy and Jones, and Tyron Matthew comes back. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, this team is bigger, better, stronger, and much faster. You think so, Chandler Jones gets revenge on his old team? Maybe a sack I think he fumble. does. He was talking that lip service like, oh, it's just a regular game and we just want to go one and oh. No, it's not. Come on now. <laughs> you know you're fired up. Now, you might be too fired up and Bill Belichick might, you know, scheme around that. But I think that the Cardinals are just fine. They're going to take care of business. Now, what I also too fired up and Bill Belichick might is that, and this is where my player of the game comes in, especially if you're in a PPR, if you're in a PPR league, I think Julian Edelman statistically is going to be the player of the game. I believe that he'll get 13 catches for 106 yards and a touchdown. So is that, wait, wait, is that because Gronk, loving it. You're saying that because Gronk won't play? Because if Gronk yeah, plays, I'm saying that be, Okay. I'm saying that because they're going to be behind all game, and I think that the Arizona Cardinals are going to give the little dinks and dunks, and – that's going to lead me to believe that this game will be closer. If you watch the game, you'll know Arizona's the better team and Arizona's going to take care of business. I just have a feeling that in the fourth quarter, maybe they relax a little bit. Maybe New New England scores a couple times, goes for two a couple times. So I think that they don't cover the spread, actually. But I do think it'll be a high-scoring game. So I'll say 33-27. Arizona wins. Julian Edelman in a losing effort is my player of the game. You can't Fantasy you cannot stud. be mad at anything with Julian Edelman. I definitely have him in one of my leagues. So, so we got to talk to some fantasy. But listen, make you know, make your picks and listen. Check it out, mybookie.lv, and put in the uh, passcode if you want to sign up. Kicker, and you know, definitely throw down your bets and. Uh, Hey, put that money on Arizona, Ray and Tay got you covered with it. <laughs> Ray, we got to talk fantasy, and that means we got to talk about our league. We've been doing it for – now, look, we got a league for our radio show. But week one, and we left CBS Sports, right? We don't want to give props to people, but we left them, and we're on ESPN. And Ray and Tay are in a league called Real Ball. We've been doing it for how many years now, Ray? Like eight, nine, ten? Something like that. Yeah, too many to count. Years. Definitely before I got married. So I've been married eight years. So maybe 10, 11 years. That's kind of cool. So let's go on our starting lineups and then maybe we can work our bench. I'm going to go with mine first. Maybe you guys can email us, today at gmail.com or tweet at us at today. Who you think is going to win? We'll give you our starting lineups. I got Ben Roethlisberger, quarterback. You know what he's going to do against Washington. Todd Gurley, DeMarco Murray. Ray talked about Murray and Gurley. That's nice. My receivers, I have Brandon Marshall from the Jets. Jeremy Macklin is going to eat up the Chargers. At tight end, Jordan Reed, who probably will take advantage of my Steelers secondary. They went behind the ear, Ray. My flex, time to have good. My flex is Alan Hearns. Hmm. You heard me mention it. You have a big day. My defense, I'm going with the Rams against the Niners. That's a no-brainer. That's why I drafted them. The Niners are going to do nothing on top of nothing. Blaine Gabbert will give my Rams defense a lot of points. And my kicker is Jason Tucker. There is no other. He will be the Ravens' offense because they will drive it down but not get it in the end zone. So that's my starting lineup. What's yours, player? So first of all, I got to tell the fans out there that (laughs) – Ray Ray had a strategy, okay? So when you hear my starting lineup, don't be completely appalled at what yeah. you do. So let me just tell you, to, 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 to my own credit, I have Le'Veon Bell and Jamal Charles on my bench, okay? Listen, we'll get to the bench they, later. Give us the starting lineup. No, Come but on. I'm just saying, when you hear my lineup, you'll think I'm Oh, crazy. you don't want people to hang up the phone laughing at you? Exactly. You think, you know, so I'm willing to maybe go one and two in the first three weeks, maybe one and three, and then hopefully kick it into full gear because I I got the long range plan. I'm not trying to win games. 
I'm trying to win championships. So just, just uh, putting it out there. Okay. Just putting it out there. All right. So my starting quarterback, and if you want to tell me what you think, let me know, because I'm flipping a coin here between Andy Dalton against the Jets and Marcus Mariota against Minnesota. So right now I have Mariota, but I could be talking to Andy Dalton. Uh, so Marcus Mariota, remember it's a PPR league, though. So I have James White running back against Arizona. That's a tough matchup. C.J. Spiller against Oakland. I'm hoping he bounces back. Mike Evans, Tampa Bay, big stud against Atlanta. I think he's going to have a huge game. Big game. Julian Edelman against Arizona. Again, I think on a PPR basis, he'll be really uh, special. Julius Thomas. Remember him when he was playing with Peyton Manning? He was the bee's knees. Uh, against Green Bay, I think he'll still be able to do some damage. Dougie Fresh Baldwin, an underrated stud, especially in PPR leagues. Uh, I got the Seahawks defense against Miami, and I got a former big leg warrior, Matt Prater, going to Detroit, hoping to get a lot of field goals out of him because I'm not sure that Amir Abdullah and Theo Reddick and the running game in Detroit is ready to punch it in. So I'm looking for a lot of field goals there. But remember, I got Le'Veon Bell, Jamal Charles coming back eventually. So uh, I think I might be in for a tough few weeks, but don't worry. I got a long-term plan. So get with, get with Ray and the long-term plan. But my only question um, to the audience out there, Marcus Mariota. Nah, I would go with Mariota. Even though you're going against Minnesota. me, I think you got the smart play. Jets are going to keep Dalton in, in the pocket. He, you know. So real quick, my bench. I got Chris Ivory, Travis Benjamin. I like that. Theo Reddick, new contract. I love that. He led all running backs in receptions. Tajay Sharp. Jimmy Graham, who probably will play week one. But I like that as my backup tight end, ladies and gentlemen. I can flex him some weeks. Um, Devontae, Booker, Devontae Booker, who fumbled last night, but, he, you know, he's got a lot of talent. You watch him in a couple weeks for Denver, he'll be there. The Raiders defense, which I think is going to be surprising with my Khalil Mack boy, and Sam Bradford, <clears throat> who will not play week one, but in Minnesota later on, he'll be doing good things. So, that's my bench. So, like I said, I have Le'Veon Bell, Jamal Charles as my backs. I also have Matt Jones. So, as soon as he's healthy and ready to go, I have three studly backs. Uh, and I got, in terms of receivers, and, oh, and I have Javorius Allen. He's my, you know, just-in-case back. Then, in terms of receivers, I got John Brown from your Arizona Cardinals. I got... Kevin White, yes, I took a gamble on the number eight pick from West Virginia. I missed week Plant. one, just so everybody knows. Yeah. He might be out week one, yeah. Yeah, he's questionable. So I got him big stud, you know, with Jay Cutler throwing to him. Uh, Eric Ebron, my backup tight end, banged up a little bit. But you know what? I, I expect contributions from him later. And then, like I said, Andy Dalton is my backup quarterback. I'm not carrying a backup D. I'm not carrying a backup kicker. I'm just figuring I need to get through those first few weeks, and I'll worry about that later. That's why I took the Seattle defense, because I don't think I'll ever need to sit them except for their bye week, even against Arizona. I think I'm always going to stick with Seattle, so I don't need to go bouncing back and forth with defenses. Um, But I do need some help in those first three, four weeks just to get through injuries. You definitely do. I'll say this, Ray. We got to get to the U.S. Open real quick. College football, there's really nothing. I mean, honestly, you have Virginia Tech against Tennessee. Now, let me ask you something. Was that by chance, or do no. they have so much respect for the NFL <clears throat> that they don't want to step on their toes? I think it's by design, and I think it's smart, and I think it's brilliant, and they wanted to look. This hasn't happened in I think over five or six years where in any week, they didn't have ranked opponents playing each other. So that's an anomaly in itself. But they did overload week one with all those great matchups over multiple days. But we do have two or three, you know, pretty decent games this week. And Virginia Tech at Tennessee is one of them. I don't think Tennessee will have any issues. I'm sure you don't either. 
but that's one of the good games. BYU Utah. Yeah. You think Utah will take care of them pretty easily? Probably so. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and, and they are. And, and back to Tennessee. Tennessee got awakening last yes, night no, the, or that, last week that, by Appalachian State. So. They better show up, or they could mess around and lose this game. But I think they'll be fine. I agree with you. Yeah, no, I think that that was a, definitely an alarm. And then uh, two other quick ones. I love Texas Tech against ASU. Um, you know, both of them are, you know, a little bit in the mid-range of the Big 12 and the Pac-12, but explosive offenses. So it should be like a shootout, but I think ASU gets that one done. Ray, and then – Arkansas against TCU. TCU 15, Arkansas SEC. Very tough in the SEC. And remember last year towards the end of the season, they started to look better. Do you think this could be a slight upset alert or TCU just takes advantage and puts it on them? Baby girl, put it on me. I think TCU puts it on them. I think Gary Marshall and his crew, they stick it to him and – because they're SEC and because they're Arkansas, you know, no won't sleep on TCU. No, yeah. no sleeping. All right, so that's pretty much it for college football. I don't think UVA will go to Oregon and, and do much. UVA hasn't been good almost since the Barber brothers were there. That's a long time. Um, so, and Notre Dame plays Nevada. That's, you know, really nothing. So, U.S. Open, give us the latest, the updates, who's in the semis, and who got upset, Ray. Well, Serena Williams took an L last night, and she was a little banged up. But I got to tell you, this girl is is awesome. This the Czech girl. She's number ten. She beat both Venus and Serena in the same major. That's only been done four times in history. So that's pretty. That's pretty awesome. She's going to be playing in the finals tomorrow night against uh, Angelique Kerber from Germany and mm. Kerber's a defensive player. She's an offensive player. So this should be really two versus 10 great matchup in terms of the men's side. You had Novak Djokovic, who's nursing a whole bunch of injuries. It was the first. It was the elbow. Now it's the shoulder. He had the trainer come out during the match and yet he still took care of Gael Monfils. Six. Yeah. He's pushing through Ray. He's, he's, a he's pushing through, and he's going to meet the winner of Stan the Man Vavrinka against Nishikori. Now, two up, uh, Nishikori won the first set. Vavrinka won the second set. So this looks like it's going to go, obviously, at least four, may even go five sets, which would be great. And Nishikori beat Novak. Andy Murray, for those that don't know, right? Nishikori took care right. of Murray. Nishikori in the previous round in the five in sets. the uh, quarterfinals beat Andy Murray. Andy Murray was upset. He was upset at the call, <laughs> but ultimately he needs to be upset at himself. Cause of course. It was a, his year to go take it and, and match up with Novak. Cause uh, Djokovic is hurt. He's definitely not a hundred percent. He's still, you know, 80% of Novak Djokovic is still pretty, pretty darn good. Um, so we should have some pretty decent finals. You know, I'm a little upset that Serena didn't make it. I would have loved to have seen Serena Kerber for the third time. Because, remember, they played in Australia and they played at Wimbledon. So I was hoping for that 1-2 matchup and for the third time, the rubber match, but it wasn't to be. So we should have good tennis tomorrow. We'll have good tennis tonight and Sunday. So uh, this is shaping up to be a decent U.S. Open. Did you know, by the way, that as a New Yorker, you'll appreciate this, they had Fan Appreciation Day yesterday where it was open admission to the U.S. Open for free, except for center court, Arthur Ashe Stadium. And they were tributing Lewis Armstrong Stadium because they're tearing it down, and they're going to make it a retractable dome just like Arthur Ashe. So, and Flushing Meadows at the U.S. That's Open huge. you know, facility, they're going to have two brand-new state-of-the-art retractable dome stadiums. That's awesome. That's perfect for the humidity and the weather, especially late August, early September in New York. And that's just great because if it's got the dome, those facilities can be used, you know, all year round. So that's, that's great. And it's going to be good for all 
uh, sports fans and, you know, maybe even for that area in Queens. So before we end with baseball, real quick, we got to tip our hats to Shaq, Yao Ming, Izzo, um, Reinsdorf, and, of course, AI, but mainly Shaq and AI going into the Hall of Fame. Um, Real quick, I would say both positions, because Shaq, you know, left some out on the court, right? You know, is a top five center. We probably, we both kind of had him at five, but one of the all-time greats could have probably been a little bit better, but a top 10, we have them both. And then AI, you know, we didn't have him in our top 25 rankings, but he's probably top 30 or 40, but where do you put him? Because he's not really a point. He's kind of a shooting guard, but either way, he's got to be top 10 at either position in some ranking somewhere because AI was so dominant. Give me your thoughts on that and just them both. Tell us what you used to call him. Tell us what you used to call him. Who, AI? Yeah, you got a nickname for AI, Illy Al. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Illy Al from Philly Dow, baby. Let me tell you, I had just gotten direct TV, had that NBA package, and I had videotaped. This is still VCR days. VCR, for those who don't know, VHS tape recorder. You would put it into a machine. It was rectangular shaped. <laughs> and <laughs> it would record a live event on television, right? Not a DVR. And I had that Jordan Sixers against Iverson first matchup when Iverson crossed him over and scored on him. And it was the illest moment watching that in our lives and in my life in a sense that because Jordan was untouchable and he was Jordan and AI was cornrows. He was hip hop. He was Georgetown. He was kind of the young threat of like the young cats coming up and like, I'm not scared of Mike. What? And that night and that moment in Iverson as LeBron and these young players now, they consider Iverson their Jordan. And let me tell you, man, Iverson was, he was Twitter every night, every night. Nobody, I don't care about that whole practice rant or anything. Ask anybody. Iverson, and I met him up close at a party down in D.C. That, you know, Iverson, I'm, I'm, I used to be 5'11", 170 soaking wet. That dude was barely 5'11". They listed him at six feet. He wasn't really taller than me. And he was like 165. So AI was not bigger than me. And obviously I weigh more than 170 now, but that's all another story. But still, Iverson was little and he took it to Cats. He took it to the Baja and he's, he went into the NBA Finals with a Nathan team. We talked about that before. And I just think he, he's, he's, he's getting to be disrespected in all-time rankings. And he's a great. So congrats to them, Ray. That's, that's all I got to say. Yeah. here's my quick thought. It's a great year when you can put, I mean, and everybody's worthy like James of getting into this class, but Yao Ming did a lot off the, he's more global this game, not the numbers. He's He's global. global. He globalized the game and he was the first Chinese guy to come in here. And he was a heck of a player. And like Shaq said, in his first game, some guy, from China blocked him three straight times. This is Shaq's fool. So <laughs> his contribution was globalizing the game. Now, in terms of Shaq, we had never seen a guy that big, that strong in our yeah, lifetime. Yeah. You know, Daryl Dawkins probably comes close, rest in peace, but Shaq was just physically unbelievable. Now, given his talent, given his gifts, probably should have won more than four championships, right? Four is very respectable, don't get me wrong. But if yeah. Kobe didn't have their little breakup, it could have been five, six, seven. And that would have put him in really elite areas. And they should have never lost to the Pistons that year. I mean, that was, And they should have never lost to the Gary Payton a Pistons team. Correct. But that's where Larry Brown, you know, earned, oh. really, really earned his stripe. So Shaq, you can kind of get your hands around. You just said, look, this guy was bigger, stronger, more athletic than anybody at his position maybe that we've ever seen. 
the guy that you can't really put your arms around, is that what you were kind of alluding to, is Allen Iverson, right? This guy was just tough as nails, was a football player at, you call him 165, I bet you he was 155. I bet you he was 5'10 and a half, 5'11, 155. And this guy was just as tough as it gets. Now, people get twisted a little bit about his off-the-court stuff and all of his hip-hop and cornrows. This guy was the toughest, meanest dude you could pound for pound you could ever come across. He would scrape himself up off the ground after every pick, and everybody would just right. He around, made me you know like what? Georgetown, and I hate the Hoyas. That's how nasty and he was. <laughs> he was nasty, and he was tough as nails. He was a football player at heart, and this guy really—we cannot forget how good he was. I mean, this guy was awesome, and you hit it on the head. He went to the finals in two thousand and one, right? With Nobody in particular. They brought Dikembe Mutombo in there to help him out, but essentially he was rolling with Eric Snow, George Lynch, you know, Tyrone Hill. I mean, really? That's Todd who McCullough. he was rolling with. <laughs> Todd McCullough. And they brought him to the NBA Finals. They even won a game. They won game one. That was the I'm That's stepping when he over Tyrone Tyro Tyro game. Yeah. So, so, so Allen Iverson needs to get more credit. And you know what? Forget about practice and forget about off the court and forget about whatever. Just look at the impact that this kid at 5'11", playing with nobody, had on his team. He made them competitive, and he made them must-watch basketball every night. And this guy was the real dude. And look at his numbers. Look at the scoring averages. I mean, he would average 27 a game for like eight or nine seasons. This guy was just awesome. I mean, so so give Allen Iverson his credit. He is a Hall of Famer every day, twice on Sunday, and, and really just an awesome, awesome basketball player. Real quick, we got to end with some baseball. Both New York teams are making a run, and I am ecstatic to say – that our New York Yankees, the baby bombers, I said it could happen. It's starting to manifest itself like guru and gangstar. Ray, 74 wins. They are two, four out of the, the division and two out of the wild card. The Yankees are no joke. They don't have the easiest schedule, but if they keep playing the way they're playing, they might wind up and mess around and make the playoffs. That would be fascinating, right? I mean, they're up there with the Houston Astros. They're right behind the Orioles and Blue Jays. This is, wow. Look, the Tigers have the obvious, you know, they're they're probably going to get between them and the Blue Jays the second wild card, the first wild card, the Blue Jay Red Sox loser. But listen, the Yankees are battling with Baltimore and Detroit and, and Houston. They got a shot, Ray. They honestly have a shot. I'm excited. They have a shot, and you know who else has a shot? That other team in New York, the New York Mets. They have come back, and now if the players were to end the day, they're in the playoffs ahead of the Cardinals. Four of their five starting pitchers go down, and they're playoffs. So good for them. Everybody was ready, willing, and able to write them off, but the Mets are back. The Mets might be back in the playoffs, and you know what? And they have the easy schedule remaining. Out of all the playoff teams, right. right? Their schedule is so easy. Right. Exactly. So easy schedule. Pitchers and players with experience down the stretch, they can be dangerous. Yeah, but they got to go up against the Cardinals and Giants, and those are two teams that know how to win. Both have two World Series in the last six years. So it'll be fascinating, but the Giants have been fading fast, but they you know, just won a couple recently. And then the Cards, you just never know. But I think the Pirates and Marlins, I think they're kind of slipping. So the Mets, you know, the Mets, got, they, they got a legit, legit shot now. And they're only going to really battle the Giants and the Cardinals. So we'll talk more baseball Monday. Have a great sports weekend. This is going to be great. 
I say happy birthday to my son, Elijah Dukes. He's 17. So, uh, you know, hope he, uh, you know, enjoys his day. Happy birthday. You know, I got a surprise gift for him coming. It's still in the mail, Ray. Got him a little special Lakers Brandon Ingram jersey, his favorite team, Duke, on the Lakers. So he don't even know about it. <laughs> wow. 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 That's fun. And and, and shout out to, to Tay. He's got a birthday right after Elijah Dukes. So yeah. Thank you, man. Happy birthday. Happy Thank birthday you, to sir. Tay. And happy birthday to Elijah Dukes and anybody else, the Virgos out there, early September. So enjoy week one of the NFL season. Can you believe it's here? I can't believe it. I got that Kool-Aid smile, Mountain Berry Kool-Aid smile right Uh, now on Ray's face. Man, I am excited and happy for Monday night. I get to just sit back and watch my Steelers without the red zone, you know, because that's difficult nowadays with fantasy football when you want to watch everybody and all the fantasy points Monday night, 6:55 Eastern PM, which is 3:55 on the West coast. I will be watching my Steelers against the Redskins. So Monday, Monday will might come on a little early. We have to figure out our Monday schedule. So, you know, check on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, you know, we'll let you know, but Monday will be a little different schedule because of Monday night football. We might do an early show, but um, either way, Oh, man, Ray. I'm hyped up and excited. Football is here. Have a great NFL weekend. If you find a couple of college games to watch, enjoy it. If not, just go out. It's Saturday, taking the kids to the circus, celebrate my birthday, all that good stuff. So thanks for listening. Have a great sports weekend. We're out.